last week, I went into one of my favorite bookstores in Denver to browse around and to look through the section in the spirituality and metaphysical realms. A few of the people at the bookstore knew me because of books that I've sold there and presentations that I've made there. And at one point, they brought me over to the section that they call the Kabbalah section. They said, many people come in here looking for the authentic book on the Kabbalah. We laughed because there's no such thing as an authentic single book on the Kabbalah by one author, and it is the definitive work on what the Kabbalah is all about. In fact, many people have a misunderstanding about the Kabbalah. They think that it's a system, that it's a organized method for understanding how the universe unfolds, or that it's an organized metaphysical system. In fact, the Kabbalah is a field of study. It's a metaphysical field of inquiry, and there's no single book or single work that we can say is the authentic Kabbalah. The Kabbalah is the mystical component of the Jewish tradition, and some would say the Kabbalah is the mystical component of all Western tradition. Some people know that the mystical side of Islam is called Sufism. When we explore Sufism in greater depth, we find enormous parallels between the teachings of the Sufis and the teachings of the Jewish mystics. Kabbalah is a mystical approach to the teachings of Western tradition. Specifically in Judaism, there's an enormous body of literature that's connected with the Kabbalah. They are Kabbalistic teachings. They represent aspects and interpretations from the mystical point of view. But the Kabbalah itself is a broad scope of understanding things through the mystical point of view. Oftentimes, people will interpret a Talmudic text or a piece of Torah from a mystical perspective. Indeed, that may be a Kabbalistic teaching. They may not even call themselves Kabbalists, but when they open themselves to a certain way of looking at things, this is the Kabbalah. Now, when I say that the Kabbalah is a field of study, what I really mean to be describing here is a way of looking at things. As I've pointed out earlier, there is the sud level, the secret level of understanding how the scriptures are unfolding. What Kabbalah really means is a transmission, a receiving, a receiving of something that transcends the written word as it's presented. It's not easy to describe, but it's more of saying, when I give you a flower and I say, take a smell of this flower. So you smell the rose and you experience something. There's a certain description that you can give 
to a friend and say, I smelled this rose and it smelled like a rose. And if this person has never smelled a rose, the best that they can do is listen to your description of the scent of the rose. On the other hand, if you smell a rose and hand it to another person to smell at the same time, you can look in each other's eyes and say, did you smell that? The transmission that happens, non-verbally, but is clearly communicated in the smile that you share between you, is Kabbalah. It's a communication that can only occur on the subtle levels and can never occur intellectually or in the realm of the mind. And so we say, well, if this is the case, then how in the world could they develop a system to communicate something that cannot be communicated? Ah, and this is why the Kabbalah has been so mysterious all these years. Because the communication that occurs in the Kabbalah happens on the subtle level with the assumption that the person who is receiving the Mikubalim, the one that receives the Kabbalah, has done enough work to have personal experience, has in a way smelled the rose, but nobody asked this person, did you smell the rose? And so what the Kabbalah does is assume that the listener has had a direct experience with something and then uses cues various methods to elicit the response in the listener that would not have been elicited in any other way. Just as an aside, I studied in acupuncture school for some time, and I had a dear friend there in the acupuncture school who believed in fairies and gnomes. And he would tell us about the fairies and the gnomes, and we would all nod our heads and walk away. Until one evening, I remember very clearly sitting in the class, the teacher was in front, and I had an experience, and then it disappeared. At the end of the class, the group of us that were close friends gathered together and did our closing hug, the closing circle. There were about eight of us in the group. And at one point, somebody said, Did you see? And they didn't have to go on because all of us in the circle said, Yes, we saw it. What was it that we saw? We saw this little gnome sitting on the desk next to the teacher. And it happened so fast. The screens of our own reality closed so fast that it became a subliminal experience, so subliminal that had we not joined the circle at the end of the class, had not somebody said, did you see, it would have been one of those little experiences that happened subconsciously, but we never would have recognized. That person that said, did you see, was transmitting the Kabbalah. The Kabbalah was the experience of recognizing something that happened subliminally. And the point of all of the Kabbalistic teachings is that 
things are constantly happening in our lives in this subliminal way from moment to moment. And unless somebody calls our attention to it, our base of reality is so fixed that we're constantly slamming the screens closed and not recognizing what's really going on around us. So the beauty of the Kabbalah is that the more deeply we become involved in our direct experience and in our understanding of how the world works, the more we're going to see. This is what's so exciting about the Kabbalah. And this is why so many people are drawn to it. Now, I just want to make the point, once again, that unless a person is doing some kind of personal practice, some kind of deep spiritual work, whatever that may be, then you're going to find the Kabbalistic teachings quite dry because they're going to stay in your mind and you're not going to have direct experience with what's being communicated here. This is one of the reasons that for hundreds of years, even thousands of years, the teachers of the Kabbalah would say, don't teach the Kabbalah to anybody under the age of 40. And they would hold back on the secret teachings for two reasons. One, they wanted to maintain control of the teachings because they knew the power. And secondly, they wanted to be sure that the person who was working with the Kabbalah had enough life experience to appreciate the profundity of what it is they were getting. So, throughout this presentation, I'm going to attempt to make practical, as much as possible, some of the abstract ideas that we're going to be working with. And I hope that we can work together and that you can understand that as simple as some of these practices may seem, there are deeper and deeper and deeper levels that open up as we experience them. So I would invite you, as we do some of the meditations throughout this presentation, to try your best to be with the meditation, to experience it. And what will happen is you will have many experiences on deep levels that will begin to open the depths of the Kabbalistic insight. <laughs> 